continuing to learn the Seder Hayriyos, the order of the forbidden categories of labor, the Isuri Av Malacha, that had to do with the preparing of the animal skin into the Yuriyos Hamishkan, into the beautiful Yuriyos, the beautiful curtains made from animal skin. So these are the labors that we're learning. So the 27th category of labor is known as Hamafshit. One who skins an animal, which is the labor of, after the animal is killed, actually getting the skin off the animal, which I know is really gross, <clears throat> but that is what is a labor that is done, that you actually skin an animal, take the skin off. Now that's pretty straightforward, and that is not any subcategory of that, but the question that obviously one would ask right away is, what about when we eat fish or chicken? If one is not allowed to take off skin from an animal, every time we eat chicken on Shabbos or fish on Shabbos, we take the skin off. So all the commentators explain that that's because the cooking process loosens the skin from the flesh. That's exactly the difference. One would not be allowed to skin raw chickens or uh, fish on Shabbos, but cooked animals, fish and chicken, it loosens the skin from the flesh and that's why you're allowed to eat that on Shabbos. Then we come to the next Av Malacha, which is Ma'abed. Now the Mishnah actually says, which says Molche is salting it and Ma'abed is curing its hide. So <clears throat> the truth is this is one, one Av, one category because the tanning process, what the tanning process was is the process of turning the skins, once you skinned it from the animal, into leather. I mean, of course we know that leather is made from animal skin. But obviously any flesh composes and stinks and is disgusting. So the process of turning animal skin into material that could be used for leather or durable material that could stay long term, that's known as tanning. And it's a very long process and had to do with salting. One of them was salting and then there's, I don't know, these other steps which I don't really understand very well. But basically the premise of the malacha is any steps that are necessary to preserve hide, to preserve animal flesh, and specifically by adding salt. And therefore, what that is very relevant in our times is you're not allowed to preserve on Shabbos. You can't add salt to anything to preserve it. Now, in the old days when there was no refrigeration and any flesh that had to be used that, that wanted to be kept for a long time, they would add salt to things all the time to preserve them, so it was very relevant. But in our times, it certainly would mean that one is not allowed to pickle on Shabbos. One can't pickle meat and vegetables or cucumbers or anything like that because that is literally very similar to, t- to tanning by adding salt to preserve it. You're allowed to add salt to food for taste, but just not to preserve it. You can't add salt to preserve the food like you can tan hides. And that's why also when Pesach comes out on Shabbos, you have to make the salt water before Shabbos. That's not just for taste. And then ultimately the most important thing <clears throat> with the Av Malacha of Ma'abed, of not tanning on Shabbos, is really relevant that we have to be careful is when it comes to adding salt to vegetables in Shabbos. Like let's say you make a salad or even you put salt in your plate. So obviously if you put salt on anything that you're about to put in your mouth, it's not an issue. You're not doing it to preserve it. The iser, the, the prohibition is you can't preserve. You can't use salt to preserve. It's not that you can't add salt to something. So if you're putting salt on a morsel or whatever, that's not a question. And if you have like a little vegetables in your plate and you add some salt, that's obviously not a question. The question becomes, let's say you have a big plate of vegetables and you add a lot of salt. So inevitably, there's going to be a lot of those vegetables that are not going to be finished. And so automatically, by having added the salt, 
you might inadvertently cause it to be preserved. So there's certainly a place to try to be machmir, to add salt to only the things that one is going to know that one is going to eat on Shabbos. And because that's pretty much the uh, end of understanding this malacha, I just want to say an idea from the Zohar, which is very beautiful, connected to this Isser. <clears throat> so the, in the Gemara, in the Talmud, throughout Chazal, the person that would do the tanning of hides is known in Aramaic as a bursiki. A bursiki. That was the Aramaic term for somebody that would actually tan the hides. Now, throughout the Chazal literature, that was always considered a very lowly, like, lowly um, profession. I guess it would be like sort of what people say today, look at like a garbage collector. So like back then it was like the borsiki was like a very low profession. It was very stinky and very smelly because when you had to preserve these hides, they had to decompose and decay. It was really horrible smell. But the Zohar says a beautiful thing. In the Parshas B'chukaisai, the end of Sefer Vayikra, in the Teichacha, after all the curses, the horrible, horrible curses, Hashem then says, and we say this Pasuk, I think it's the Leviticus 26, we say it every day in Shachris in the beginning, in the morning blessings, we say the Pasuk, Hashem says, and even after all these curses will befall them, I will not be disgusted by them, why? which literally means to destroy them. I rather I will preserve my covenant. But the Zohar makes a plan words because the word lechaloisam is written without a vav kabred lechalasam, which means because they are my bride. I am even in this after all the curses that they will be thrown out in the diaspora and all the terrible things in exile. God says I will not be disgusted by them because they are my bride. And the Zohar says a parable. That even a wealthy person, when his beloved is in the shuka de bursiki, the kala shuka de bursiki, when the bride is in this disgusting, disgusting, smelly place, it's the most sweetest smell in the world. Because his beloved is there, it's the sweetest smell. No matter how disgusting it might be objectively, but because his beloved there, it's the most sweetest smell. And that's how Hashem is with us in Golos that no matter how smelly it ever is or ever becomes or we ever become, for God, being with us is the most sweetest smell in the world because we are God's kala, we're God's bride.